Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Christian LaFer. A decade ago, he volunteered to start a nonprofit with a group of friends. How hard can it be, he asked. After submitting the application, he became morally outraged at the brain-numbing process and the 12 months plus approval timeline. He documented the process he had developed formulated what is still called a love letter to a bureaucrat, the perfect 501c3 application, and immediately produced consistent 30 to 60-day IRS approvals. Requests for help started coming in, and Christian went from blogger to businessman. Today, with an efficient tech-enabled process, 100% IRS approval guaranteed, and a staff committed to their credo that it shouldn't be hard to do. They're the number one most highly rated 501c3 service in the niche. Welcome, Christian. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm great. It's so happy to ha- I'm so happy to have you here today. So your first foray into a nonprofit was with a group of friends. So tell us that story. And then how did that become a full-fledged business for you? When I was eight years old, my mom uh, called me in from playing with my friends. And she had been to the doctor with my little sister, who's almost four. And my mom looked real serious and sat me down and said, you know, there's a re- the reason your sister isn't verbal, isn't speaking at almost four years old is because she's developmentally disabled. And my sister looked, you know, didn't have any outward appearance that anything was wrong, but she would grow up to be one of the greatest humans I've ever met and still is. If you throw the ball to my sister today, she'll be your best friend forever. Wow. But at that time, uh, all I knew was, hey, she's my sister. She's good. I'm going back outside, mom. I'll see you later. And I grew up around things like Special Olympics and all the wonderful organizations and wonderful people who help kids with special needs. Well, fast forward to around 2010, when I went to start a nonprofit with some friends of mine, and I said, well, give me the application. I mean, how hard can that be? And why don't you guys go off and do some of the other stuff, raise some money, you go over there and build the mission and make a website and game on. Well, little did I know that I called the IRS, I got the application to where I think I wanted. And I mean, really, you know, it's it's a government form or actually a set of government forms with all kinds of ridiculous rules. Little did I know. So I call the IRS and they're like, ha, ah, don't worry. This will take a year to approve. And I became morally outraged because who did I immediately think of? My little sister, Monique, and all of the great people that helped her and that somebody had to start those nonprofits too at some point. And so why should it be harder to start a nonprofit to help people than a used car lot? No offense to used car dealers. Right. So what I did was um, I tried to call the IRS agent and, you know, get the skinny, get the, get the deal on why it's so hard so I could avoid that. Well, of course, they were never there when I was, when I was trying to call. So I 
change the last couple of numbers on the phone, on the phone extensions, on the phone numbers. And I called about 20 or 30 extensions north and south of that number they gave me, knowing I'd probably get somebody in that department. And when I did get someone, I would beg, plead, cajole, cajole, promise chocolates, whatever. And I said, what is, what's wrong with this process? What makes a, a hard file? What is the, what are the reasons that people get these files delayed and rejected? And what would be the perfect file that would make you have an awesome day? And what I did was, like you said, I curated that process into what I call the love letter to a bureaucrat. What if we could make that person feel actually cared about? And I mean, nobody really worries much about bureaucrats, but I was out to really impress whoever opened my file. And lo and behold, I got that fast approval and word got out. And the next time I got the chance to do that, I had some friends in town who wanted to start a private school. And they had somebody in town, and this was in a rural area. So you didn't have like billionaires walking around, but somebody in the community had just sold their company on a tech exit for over a billion dollars and said, I'll, I'll fund a lot of this school, but you have to have kids enrolled by fall, which was seven weeks away. Oh my so gosh. They came to me and I had a restless sleep, night of sleep, wondering whether I should take this challenge or not. But, you know, we're just getting to know each other. But if you knew me, ultimately, I had to say yes. And I would crawl over broken glass to get the result uh, to make it happen. But I wanted to really test, is this going to work for other people? And indeed, I got that approval in about six weeks. You know, I didn't want to disappoint my friends. I didn't want to disappoint the kids. And my kids ended up going to that little school for a while. And it was really wonderful. So I was like, I am really on to something. Right. Wow. So what type of reasons do people start nonprofits? You, obviously, obviously the school, but what other type of people want to start nonprofits? Well, what's amazing is we are surrounded. I mean, the fabric of our society, which you hear that term all the time, mm-hmm. is so many of the threads that make up fab- the fabric of our society are nonprofits because everything that is done for people who can't do it for themselves or is out to improve the community, out to educate, out to move science forward, help animals. All of these different things are all nonprofits. We're just swimming in them. Even your local chamber of commerce is a 501. It's a 501c6. That's a little different. And mostly what we do is charities here. And that's what you think of mostly from the Red Cross to Cancer Society to your local PTA or Little League, all 501c3 what you classically think of as a charitable nonprofit. So we've done all kinds of amazing. We got an ayahuasca church for transformation and and growth and healing using psychedelics in the U.S. approved recently. Lots of those kinds of consciousness, healing retreat, all of those kinds of things, all the way over to pulling plastic out of the ocean using innovative technologies, helping people with PTSD who may be returning from the field or just grew up in a really tough situation, foster kids, you name it. So basically I simplify it. If it's here to help people, pets, or the planet, it's probably eligible for a 501c3. And there are $4.3 trillion worth of assets in the US under management, under ownership of nonprofits. And then of course that includes the big endowments at Harvard and everything else. But private citizens and private corporations also give over $250 billion away every single year to nonprofits in in addition to the massive amount of billions of dollars that government gives out in grants. So it really is a huge sector in our society. It's about a a seventh of of our private sector. 
And about one out of, I believe it's nine jobs is at a nonprofit. Hmm. And and to me, I think it's a great do- idea for boomers because, you know, if you've retired from your regular job and you just really don't know what you want to do with your life, but you'd like to have something with purpose, um, a nonprofit is fabulous. Just, you know, find out what really excites you and go after that. For instance, I interviewed a man in Thailand last year, and he was starting a nonprofit for the children in the village where he lived because no one could really afford to keep the school up. So he was paying for the school, the teachers, the kids' books and their backpacks and their their, uh, clothes, everything. And he actually had a health issue um, as he was developing all of this and it wasn't done yet. And he said he was passing out on, I mean, he was in really, really critical condition. But in his head, he said, I can't die because my nonprofit is not ready yet. It's not ready to rock and roll on its own. So he actually came back from this really serious health issue because he wanted to make sure that the children in that village would be taken care of after he dies. That's his legacy. And what a fabulous legacy is that? That's an awesome legacy. And I call the nonprofit the quantum entity. I'm writing a book. I kind of speak about this sometimes because the reason I call it the quantum entity is if you've, and it's kind of, you know, trendy, there's a lot of books out there because we're learning so much about the crazy stuff that goes on at the very smallest level of the atomic level and then out in space, right? Right. And I call it the quantum entity because there's this concept called superposition. And that means that something can occupy two states at the same time. And so say you're, say you're in business and you want to, you've been doing the same thing for a long time and you kind of, you you either peak out and you've reached your market or, you know, you're just kind of in the same circles and you do the same thing all the time. Well, a lot of our customers that are are calling us are starting a nonprofit alongside of the for-profit. They want to give back. They want to give their employees and employee retention is huge nowadays they, right. employee retention goes through the roof if you can involve your employees in a nonprofit. But what's really meaningful to people is it's several ways that you superposition your, your life. So that means like the, what you wake up to every day and the excitement that you have just in waking up in the morning, the, your legacy, which is looking back, what are you going to have left on this planet? What are you going to have left future generations? And the future, and that means what you're looking forward to in the years that you have left. And the way it can superposition you into a whole new realm is when you have cause and you go out there and you start connecting with people on a heart basis, believe me, business is going to come of that because nobody ever goes into business going, boy, I feel terrible about this person, but there's money to be made. It's much more often that you're like, I got a good feeling about this and I'm going to figure out a way to have my you know, construction company do business with that pool guy because we just really hit it off or whatever. So you've got this incredible heart connection and it makes you excited and it gives you something so much greater to share than the, the promise of another, you know, another deal, another contract, another uh, you know, opportunity to, to do what you've always been doing. And like I said, there are so many different dimensions that this can create meaning in your life and just set you on a different path. And even you get the halo effect. It's apparent when you have a nonprofit that you're a good corporate citizen or a good steward of your resources. You care about the community and that's very helpful as well. There's, so there's absolutely nothing wrong by doing good and doing well. They really go together. They really do. We've heard of a lot of companies that are doing that recently. Uh, there's a sock company, big sock company. I forget their name that 
you know, for every pair you buy, they give a pair away to people who need socks. So a lot of companies are looking for something that ties into what they do. And they do, like you said, they have a nonprofit and they have a for-profit and it is, it's a great idea. Yeah. Many people, you know, many, many boomers, and and, I mean, forget boomers, just the pandemic and what it has done to transform. You've got this, whatever this great resignation, I don't always trust all these labels. People give everything, but there is a shift where people are going is waking up is what I'm doing. Waking up every day, matching my values. And they're starting to be willing to walk away from things that are not matching their values. So as someone is going, hey, I kind of want to get out of this job I've been in for a while and, and have more meaning to my life. And with all these billions of dollars being given to nonprofits every year and over 1.8 million nonprofits in existence, mm. there aren't even enough nonprofits to serve all the needs in our communities because the needs in our communities are changing. And also the Red Cross or United Way, these really big organizations are constantly looking, how can we give our money away to a local on the ground organization? The government does it with grants. They hire local outfits to do everything from foster care to groundskeeping to whatever. They're looking for outlets. And also big organizations like the United Way and even private companies are going, where are the people who have that unique perspective? Maybe they are helping people who came out of the military because they've been in the military. Maybe they're helping foster kids because they were a foster kid. I was a, I'm was an adoptive parent and I was a therapeutic foster parent. And so I'm seeing people call and say, I came out of the foster care system and I know what these kids need in Ogden, Utah or in my little community down in Miami. There's so many ethnic differences. There's so many, you know, groups of people who have a unique experience. And boy, the pandemic has really created massive new opportunities to find a niche and go serve it. And there's a whole new reevaluation of the priorities for these grant makers. So it's a really exciting time to be doing what I'm doing. It really is. In fact, I just interviewed someone that will be live on the 21st of um, February for President's Day. And he started some nonprofits for military, military families, or he's involved with them. He didn't really start them. But his son is a race car driver, and he was involved in starting that nonprofit. And what they try to do is get military families. They try and get the names of their businesses onto the race car. Like Mm -hmm. they'll have some big companies that are giving money to the because his son uh, rides for NASCAR. So it's huge. It's expensive. So sometimes a big company will give a little bit of room to one of the other uh, military families so that their little logo can be on the car. So, again, his he found this way to get back to military families through his NASCAR racing. So I think everybody today is looking for a way to get back. And you're right. The pandemic made a huge difference. We realize that life is important and it's too short. So, you know, we have to do something that makes us feel good and nothing will make you feel better than giving and helping other people. And you get so much more in return. You really do. So you're right. The pandemic has done wonders. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so rewarding. I mean, I feel like the luckiest man on the planet because I get to wake up every day and show up at instantnonprofit.com where people are calling us all day saying, I really want to make a difference with this, you know, this, this mission, but I don't know how to do it. Or they've been actually doing this for years. They've been uh, 
opening up their backyard, putting out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and having games and mentorship for kids because there's nothing else in their neighborhood. And they're like, I just can't stand paying, you know, paying for it anymore. Maybe it's going to be volunteer run and there's not even any money needed, but they're organizing it and they need the legitimacy of a 501c3 to go get that free library space or what, what have you. So uh, that's why we offer a done-for-you service that is just so easy. The majority of our customers are in and out in under 30 minutes in its entirety. And we literally have a completely done-for-you process so that we translate all that government speak into English. You just complete the information we need. And then we just send good news to your inbox while you go out and do the most important thing that only you can bring. And that's that that seed, that that idea, that mission focus that you have had the experience to be able to, to distribute and, and help others and stay focused on that area. And then we focus on everything else and do it for you. And that is so important because I think a lot of people would like to start a nonprofit, but in their mind, it's way too complicated and they don't even want to think about it. So your process is so easy and you do everything for the founder that wants to start the nonprofit. It makes it easy. I mean, because I'm sure in a lot of people's heads, they go, I don't know. I don't know. Paperwork. They hate paperwork. They don't want to deal with the government, but you're doing it all for them. So it's easy. It's great. Yeah. And we, you know, of course, we maintain it afterward, too. It's kind of like I I look at it like nonprofit is a vehicle. it's It's another type of business. And yeah, there's some complications, but the the. Most important part, like I said, is the mission. So there's five stages of the nonprofit life cycle. We help you just focus on that, those one or two things that you need to do next. And we even give, you know, seed fundraising training inside our customer portal because we also give how to run a board meeting. Everything that you need to do to start a nonprofit, even if it's not part of the filing that we're being paid to handle for you, we don't want you Googling around and getting all confusing information on what a board resolution looks like or what you need to do to to raise that seed funding. So we created a customer portal where you log in. That's where all your documents are. That's where you get your founder's playbook and training on the most basic things. And then we'll maintain it after that because it's, you know, it's it's like a vehicle. You don't need to know how to build a car to drive the thing. You need some basic instructions And then you just want to come in and make sure you change the oil so it doesn't blow up on you after a while. And But those annual things we can handle as well. We have continuing training and support. And, you know, what we want to do is hear the stories back when we interview our customers. And we often do. We want to find out how you went from nothing to doing this amazing job. And all it really takes usually is taking that first step and helping that first person. And the next thing you know, people show up and resources show up. And the next thing you know, you're helping, you know, a dozen, two dozen or a whole city in one area that's really of need. And that is what is the most fun thing for me as a founder is to watch people's, the lights come on and watch the excitement in people when they talk about how they went from not knowing anything to making this huge difference. Oh, that's fabulous. That really is. Now, let me ask you this. How important is getting the name right? So after thir- you know about 3,500 charities at this point, we kind of know what the speed bumps are going to be as you're entering this you know, obstacle mm-hmm. course. And even though we run a lot of the obstacle course for you, there's a few things that you need to come to the table with. And that would be you know, a really basic mission statement, uh, an, a name, and you just need a, a couple of board members. So it's usually the founder and two other board members. 
Um, we make all of that super easy, right? Because I've n- I had never before I got into nonprofits. I spent a pretty decent amount of my life not ever having recruited a board member or naming a nonprofit or anything. So we have resources on our website, and for one is is the naming. You want a name that's going to be you know reasonably easy to say, spell, and remember. You want it to be something that's not going to be you know kind of feel good today and then feel out of place or out of date tomorrow. And especially like with the pandemic, there's a way that you can name things that gives people the idea that you know what's going on today, but also has a timeless quality to it. So it needs to be easy to say, spell, and remember. It needs to have this you know, little bit of a timeless quality, not be easily dated. It's great if it can make a connotation of the mission that you're serving. And, and then finally, you want to make sure that it doesn't have any weird interpretations in you know slang or in a common language. And I always think of that story where the Chevy had the Nova, right? We all had Novas when we were kids, uh, hot rodding around in, in uh, North Jersey. But Chevy had the Nova, which did great in the U.S., well, guess what Nova means in Spanish when they tried to bring it down to Mexico? It means Uh-oh. no go. Ah, oh, so no. It's not good. Go, so we have this four-step process right on our website. If you go in and search naming your nonprofit, we have a uh-huh. great four-step process where you can focus group it with your friends and family after you go through this process and you come out with a name that you can be really proud of that's going to magnetize people to your nonprofit. We have the same kind of process for a mission statement, one sentence mission statement that's killer. You have that thing in your pocket once you develop it and it keeps you from running people over with your great idea for 30 minutes. What you want to do is when somebody says, well, what is it that you do? You want to say something like, well, we help nonprofit founders who are stuck at filing to get a done-for-you 501c3 handed to them so they can go out and change the world and make this their life's purpose, right? That's one sentence where you just inserted something in three blanks and you've got this beautiful, powerful statement because you what, you want, what do you want them to do next? You want that person to be like, whoa, how do you do that? What, what we usually do is we start with the how. This helps people start with the why and the what. And I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek, start with why but it really does help to turn the tables and get people to ask more information about your nonprofit. You just created the first transaction and fulfilled it that might lead to a donation someday. The way you can kill that is by running them over with 30 minutes of verbal run-on where they (laughs) want to kind of look at their watch and get out of there as soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be short and sweet. The elevator pitch, as they say. Yep, yep, which is perfect. They'll invite you to elaborate further. Mm -hmm. And that's some of the things that we teach here with our our programs is not just how to get this thing started, which we do for you, but how to develop yourself into someone who can walk into any room and be able to lay out what it is you're doing. The people who, out of that group that, that want to enroll in what you're up to, they are going to flock to you if you just have a little process in your mind about how you can engage people so that they'll raise their hands for you. You don't have to go out and sell. You don't have to do a bunch of work or recruit or use one of those hooks and drag them into your, your orbit. 
Right, right. And, you know, the world just lost Betty White and she was she didn't have any nonprofits of her own, but she supported a wide range of animal rights. And she said on one show that she was on that she does acting to support all of her animal causes because they're so expensive. She wants to help out the zoo and the SBC and everybody. So she was phenomenal. She loved acting. She what a did, great lady. But it was to support all of her other causes. And how great is that? Yeah. And what a great reason to wake up in the morning is not just, I mean, when you've piled up some success right. after a while, it's like, and they've shown this, you know, there's that happiness index that no matter where people are socioeconomically, if they're not wanting for the most basic needs, mm-hmm. there's a percentage of, you know, the percentage of happy people is about the same up and down that socioeconomic ladder. And especially when you start really piling money up or piling success up, people who who grow up wealthy often you know, they, there's often suicides or, or drug addiction, all kinds of stuff, because yep. it really ha- helps to have a purpose that you're orienting your life around. And so this can literally be life-saving for people. I agree. And there's so many, mostly men, but this is going to start with women too. Um, but men, their whole identity is wrapped around what they do. And when they retire, all of a sudden now they're not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't know who they are. And many of them die very young because of that. So now you can just morph and figure, what can I do? What can I start? Start a nonprofit and that will be the new you because we do need purpose. We need a purpose in life. Nobody lives long if they don't have a purpose. Many of us baby boomers are going to live till 90 or 100, which means we have 30 plus years to live after we might have retired from our regular job. So what are you going to do with that time? How are you going to spend that time? Absolutely. And Boy, if anything, if these crazy times we live in have showed us anything, it's that we really need each other and have to actually put effort into uh, connecting and, you know, keeping a society going that we used to just kind of go, okay, this stuff's always going to be here. And now we've had so many situations that we've gone through where it's going to take actual, you know, focus and, and work to maintain those societal connections and friendships and civic groups and all those things. And so, again, there are so many opportunities for people to, you know, create things that are meaningful through the 501c3. And really, you know, in the search for meaning and purpose, I mean, I've been through really tough times of my own, whether it's divorce or just business troubles or just things that weren't working in my life. And so, like so many other people, I mean, health, self-help books are like always a big seller every year. But I had to, I went to retreats. I looked into self-development and and meditation, all those things, because I wanted to grow as a person. And what I found is that this kind of work can really be an avenue which through which not only can you help other people, but you can really discover stuff inside of you that is so inspiring that you can right. hang on to and say, wow, I'm so thankful I went and did that work that enabled me, did that hard thing that enabled me to find out what an amazing person I am. And that's going to be what carries you through as, as you age and as you, you know, as you grow to hold on to those things that really showed you what you were made of. It's true. And you're setting an example for your children and your grandchildren. And what better thing than that? You know, you're not just sitting at home doing nothing. You're out there 
in the uh, society, doing things, helping people. And we are social beings. And that is one of the things that keeps us healthy. If we are not out there being social, our health will deteriorate. So this is like, you know, it's made for you. You're there and you're meeting wonderful people. You're helping people. I, I can see so many good things that come can come out of a nonprofit. They really can. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. And I'm always surprised. You know, I think I've seen it all after this sometimes, but then somebody uh, gets in touch with us and has a whole new twist. And like, think about the kids needing mentorship today. They're faced with living it in this digital world called the metaverse, which is actually going to be way sexier. They're going to be way better looking and have cooler friends and all of that stuff in the metaverse than right. kind of this icky, hard, weird human experience. And if we're not engaged in, in mentorship, engaged in passing on the ageless wisdom that we kind of take for granted that's been passed down, you know, they're going to be in, in big trouble because it's a whole new world that's just accelerating so fast. But that means there's so many more opportunities to learn ourselves about that whole world that we don't know anything about. We've been starting nonprofits involved with like uh, blockchain and how, what is Bitcoin? What is all this crypto stuff? Where is this going? How does the technology work? There are tons of nonprofits that are helping us get uh, schooled up in that because certainly they didn't teach this stuff in school when we were growing up. And I guarantee you that nowadays this stuff is happening so fast that traditional institutions just can't serve. A college is teaching what was good and valid 10 or 20 years ago. Right. And so we can be nimble. We can create new opportunities for advancing science, uh, advancing faith or our understanding of spirituality. And our own journey is so important now that people are looking for people who have had experiences and want to want to kind of translate that into something useful. So there are all these different areas that uh, nonprofits serve. It's not a panacea for absolutely everything. But chances are, if what you want to do has a beneficial quality to the community or educates or has to do with science or animals or anything like that, you can start a nonprofit. And then there's there are private, there's private donations, and then there are grants. Grants take a little longer. You have to write a grant, you have to meet all the deadlines, you have to have a plan to tell people what you did with the money according to these kind of grant guidelines that are predefined. There's also a ton of money out there with just private individuals and local corporations. Every electric co-op, every supermarket, every small, medium, large size nonprofit, uh, for-profit nowadays has a budget where they're going to give away groceries. They're going to give away dog food. They're going to give away these things to make the community better and to have those community ties. And why not it be your passion so you could just try out, right? Connecting dogs with foster you know, dog families. I, I need one. Absolutely. There's so many ways you can go with that. And it's good for us because we'll meet younger people. We'll meet all age groups. Uh, you know, we'll learn from them. Then they'll learn from us. So it's a win-win all the way around. So I do think it's a great idea. And I hope that my audience is listening and paying attention. So if you're looking for something to do, just kind of explore what your passions are and how can you start a nonprofit that uses your passion? Because I think that's important. You've got to have a purpose to it too. You're not just starting a nonprofit just to help people. It's got to be something that you really feel good about and passionate about. But then you can work with that together and you'll become a better person 
You'll be helping a lot of other people. So like I said, it's a win-win. Don't sit on the couch doing nothing. You've got to get up and get moving, baby boomers. You've got to keep active. You have to keep engaged. And when you're doing something like a nonprofit, you're going to have to stay up with technology too. Technology won't fall behind you like it will if you're not using it. You've got to be learning new things every day. So it's another way that's going to help you. You're going to be learning and you know helping other people at the same time. Absolutely. It's a great way to stay healthy, to just be involved in the community in some manner. And so a lot of people are like, okay, well, I've thought about this or how would I, you know, how would I find out more about whether this is for me? Right. And so we've created a boot camp for free for anyone who, who wants it, for who's, who's listening to your podcast. So if they just go to instantnonprofit.com, that's all one word, instantnonprofit.com slash kickass boomers, they'll get an opportunity to download a free uh, email bootcamp. It's 10 things that you need to do to, if you do want to think about starting a nonprofit. They can also book a strategy call and just talk with one of us and say, hey, is this something that would work for me? How would I get started? What would my first steps be? And there are a ton of resources on the website that can help people understand how they might fit into this um, so that they can, you know, maybe it's not something that happens today, but Chances are, I mean, when I talk to people, which I do every day, even though I'm the founder and CEO, I always want to keep in touch with the people who are doing amazing work on the ground and like actually starting these. And when they go to get started, they've usually been thinking about this for years. It's been something maybe they went to, they flew down to South America and did a mission trip, or they just got a group of friends together and they're like, you know, darn it, I live near the beach and I'm tired of all the trash being on the beach. Nobody's doing anything about it. I'm going to like all these things. In so many cases, people are already doing the thing that they would do to serve. So this is just about organizing it, formalizing it a little bit, putting a little bit of a halo on it. Because when you get that IRS 501c3 tax exempt status, then it does give an air of legitimacy to it. And it definitely comes with that tax deduction. Because say you make $50,000 a year and you're going to get knocked down to the next lower tax bracket at 47000 Well, that $3,000 gift to a nonprofit to knock your top line of income down to the next bracket might save you 5000 in taxes. So there's actually an economic incentive to people to give to your nonprofit. So I always say fundraising is not sales. It's really inviting others to live a bigger life. And it has a side benefit of being able to be part of a tax strategy or wealth strategy or what have you. And if people have rolled up a lot of money in 401k, the stock market's doing really well, et cetera, giving to a nonprofit, you're able to take that Tesla stock that went through the roof, give some of that to a nonprofit and get the write-off for the appreciated amount with no capital gains. So Hmm, you just massively reduced your your, your tax exposure by giving some of that increase to uh, a nonprofit. So, I mean, we could go on all day about all these different aspects of it, but we want to keep it simple because nobody takes any step forward in life. If they think about, you know, if you're going to make a road trip to California, you don't plan out where you're going to buy sunflower seeds in Idaho. You just take the first step, you get the roadmap and that's what we can give you. And then just go, Hey, is this something that I might find, you know, works for me? And that's as simple as it can be. 
one step at a time. That's what you need. One step at a time. It's like I interview a lot of authors. They start writing their book one step at a time. They kind of outline their chapters and they think about where they're going with everything. And it's like anything else. But I do really believe that a lot of people have thought about nonprofits, but they've been a little scared on how do I go about it? So this information is going to be really great for my audience because they can go to your website and get that initial package to help them get started. And you'll find out it's not that scary. It's not that bad. And if you have an organization that can help do that for you, even better. Because I don't want to be bothered with the paperwork. I really don't. Or, you know, anything that you have to file every year. And if you're willing to do that for me, I'm happy. That's great. Yeah, there's really, you know, all of that stuff can be taken care of for you. And there's really, you know, something to fit every budget. I mean, lawyers charge thousands and thousands for a 501c3. We are, this is a done-for-you idea to IRS approval service. It's about one third of the cost of even a lower cost attorney. And and you'll never talk to a government agent or deal with a government application. We have packages from you know about under a thousand dollars all the way up to six thousand dollars. A lot of people are just starting something or they're going local. They're just going to see how this works and they can do that lower end package, get going and then add things from there. Some others come along and they say, look, I just retired. I got a severance package and I want you to develop my fundraising plan for me and do all these other things for me. Well, then they can choose that larger package. But what we're here to do, we are a very mission-driven company. And even though we're not a nonprofit, we have a nonprofit that we do things through. And our job as a company is to change the arc of history, bend the arc of history by helping thousands of other people who might not have otherwise started get into a nonprofit and then become as effective as possible because we are really all in this together. We got to help each other and we got to bring people closer together. There's been so much division, so much strife. uh, And this has been the way of the world since the very, very beginning, thousands of years ago. So what I want to do is look back on my my life and know that I help people come together and do really great things that wouldn't have otherwise happened. So I so appreciate having this conversation with you. Oh, and I appreciate having you because I think, you know, it it was an important uh, topic and I've been looking for someone that could talk about nonprofits for a while because you'll hear me if you've listened to all my podcasts every now and then I'm putting in, how about starting your own nonprofit or how about volunteering for a non? I'm always talking about it because you'll live longer and healthier if you give back to your community. You just will. You know, if you're going to sit on the couch all day and watch TV, you won't be around very long. And you won't be happy. You'll be happier and you'll live longer if you're doing things for other people. So it's been kind of a theme through all of my podcasts. And I started this podcast because um, I always wanted to be an inspirational speaker when I was younger and it just never happened. I mean, I did it often. I've always been in sales. So I would get up in front of groups and give talks. So I did a little bit, but I wanted to just be an inspirational speaker. It didn't happen. So as I was thinking about what do I want to do when I stop real estate, um, I started thinking about podcasts. And, you know, this gives me the chance to use my voice, which I think I've always wanted to do my whole life. So it didn't happen when I was younger. Well, it's happening now. I'm 72. You can do it at any age. I know a woman who's in her 80s who just started a podcast. So do what you love to do. And, you know, it can be through a nonprofit. It can be through a podcast. But nonprofits are a really big point. And at some point, I'll start a nonprofit that'll go along with my podcast. Right now, 
my my podcast is my nonprofit because I'm paying for all the expenses. But at (laughs) some point when I start making money, I will definitely have a nonprofit as an offshoot of the podcast. Um, So it's a wonderful idea. And I'm so happy to have you here talking about it. I'm so happy that we connected. So now I know where to go when I'm ready, right? Absolutely. I'll write to you and get that nonprofit started. So thank you, Christian, for joining us today at Kick-Ass Boomers. Um, I love the topic and I really hope that a lot of my listeners are going to jump on that free information that you have and they can go right to kickassboomers.com, click on your picture and I'll have the website and all in there. And you can give it to us again, but I'll have it written down for the people who don't have a pen and paper handy. So what is it again? Insta, what is it again? Insta nonprofit.com slash kickass boomers. And they'll get a free gift there of the nonprofit bootcamp, lots of other information, and they can book a call, whatever we can do to help. Perfect. And why not just look into it? If it's not for you, fine. But if you've been thinking about it, look into it, please. So thank you for joining me, Christian. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.